ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you. Once you find one you like, you can then book an appointment with them online instantly. In ZocDoc, there are tens of thousands of doctors, and each one comes with real reviews from real patients. Go to ZocDoc.com 20K and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then, find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com 20K. ZocDoc.com 20K. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. For the last century, our society has been car crazy. Here in the US, the average person spends 220 hours each year just driving to work and back. Now, I'm the type who likes to drown out the sound of my car with music and podcasts, but there's a lot of sonic stuff going on under the hood. I've also met so many people who absolutely adore the sounds that a car can make. Now, I've never been much of a car enthusiast myself. I don't know why, I love sound and it seems like a natural fit. So right now is the time for me to finally get to the bottom of this and figure out why the sound of car engines can be so visceral to so many people. If you're a skeptic like me, this is especially for you. First things first, I really need some help. Luckily, we have a resident car enthusiast right here in the office, Nick Spradlin. Hey, Nick. Hey, Dallas. So tell me, how did you come to enjoy the sound of a car engine? You know, I started by just liking cars. When I was a kid, I was at a car show with my dad every weekend. There's just always around them. You can't help but notice the sound of a powerful car when you go to a hot rod show or any kind of car show. You know, you're standing there just kind of watching the cars parade by and one comes by and it's just like thundering and just feels so powerful. It's so visceral and alive sounding. As a car person, you just enjoy that. And I think later in life when I became a sound professional, I started to think about where those sounds were coming from and understood it in a little bit different way. So you're a sound designer and I'm a sound designer. What have I been missing out by not being this car enthusiast? I think we have to start from a place of if an engine is the soul of a car or the heart of a car, then the sound of the engine is the voice of the car. And you can learn things and understand things about that car by the sound of it, the way that it changes gears and revs up and revs down. So as a sound designer, I think that's where it is for us. We do a car advertisement or we do car sound design for a movie or a game, and we use that to make it sound exciting to reach out and grab you. And I think the average person can just understand that because it's like a voice. I think the most basic question is, I have no idea what actually makes the sound of a car. My entire mechanical history is limited to like changing my oil when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how a car makes a sound. <laughs> what on the most basic level, can you explain that? Yeah, the most basic thing is explosions. Explosions. <laughs> explosions. Like like uh like every single is that an explosion? Uh yeah. Basically. Okay. Uh, how in the world does that work? So engine is the short name, and the real name for it is internal combustion engine. Internal explosions. Yeah, it means exactly what it sounds. Things are combusting internally in the engine. Okay. So you have gasoline in your tank, and then a pump will take that gasoline and turn it into vapor, and it will spray that gasoline mist into a cylinder. And then a piston 
will move up, compress that gas, and then spark plugs do their thing and they set that gasoline on fire. It makes a big explosion, but in a tiny space, so it just causes that piston to slide downward again. And then they're all connected together. So one explosion in one cylinder causes another one to move and then the whole sequence starts again. You have a car with a V6, if I remember right. Yeah, I think I have a sticker on the back of my Toyota that says V6. <laughs> It means there's six pistons inside of that. And so once all six have exploded, that's one revolution. So that's an RPM. Now, is that the RPM each individual explosion or is it the six cycle? Every six makes one RPM, one revolution. And then you measure that every minute. So revolutions per minute. Okay, so six cycles, pop, 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 is my one RPM. But then I have a little... Uh, dial on my car that says RPMs and it pops faster and higher when I push down the gas. Yeah. So what's happening there? So when you add more gasoline into the cylinder, you'll get a bigger explosion and that will cause the engine to run faster. Oh, so that's how you go. Yeah. That's why it's called a gas pedal. You're just pushing more gas into the engine. That sounds terrifying. So basically three or four feet in front of us we have a ton of explosions going off. Yes, let's figure out how many explosions that is. So you have a V6, and to say it idles at 1,500 RPM. Let's say that. So every minute, if you're just sitting at a stoplight, every minute there are 9,000 explosions in your oh car in front of you. Hey, y'all, this is Nick from the future. After we first aired this episode, I realized I got my math wrong, and the real number is actually half that. In a V6, there are 4,500 explosions every minute at 1,500 RPM. Basically, I got excited telling my story to Dallas and forgot about the exhaust cycle. What happens is the piston will move one more time and push the exhaust out of your tailpipe, but there's no explosion then. And I want to say a quick thank you to all of our awesome listeners who wrote in to help me get this right. Anyway, back to the story. Why don't... How does the, how does the engine keep the whole thing from just exploding everywhere? It's made of steel. It's just really strong. And so people don't have to be scared of that. They're safe to drive. Okay. Okay, so my Toyota sounds terrible. How come it doesn't sound cooler with the pop, 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 pop? How come that and then another six-cylinder luxury car, one sounds very pleasant and the other one sounds like white noise? It's been designed that way. So for a car that is just meant to get you around town, it doesn't need to be very powerful. It needs to not annoy your neighbors, so they put a muffler on there that makes it more quiet. Except for that one person who decides to take the muffler off and annoy everyone. Right, and that happens. You'll get to a stoplight and you'll hear a car that's just so loud, and you look at it and it doesn't look, doesn't look very nice. It's just a really loud car. It's always the not nice one. Yeah, and that's just somebody who is equating loud sound to performance, which is not true. Okay, so those are our everyday household type of get-around-town cars. So to go to the other extreme, like I'm thinking like NASCAR, and it sounds like... What's happening there? Take the same basic way that your car works and max it all out. NASCAR runs on a V8, and it's run at 9,000 RPMs constantly. They're going 180 miles an hour just at the limit. They never slow down. Those cars also don't have a muffler on them. They're really loud, and then they go really fast, so that sound is a factor of them going past you so fast. 
If you were just on the car, it's a continual loud roar from the engine. So a V8 times 9,000 RPMs is 72,000 explosions per (laughs) minute. Yeah, per one NASCAR. Hey, it's Nick from the future again. Same deal here. Take half that number. So it's actually 36,000. Thanks. It's starting to come together for me for the first time ever in my entire life. So now let's go another direction, like drag racing. A drag race car doesn't sound like... You're talking about when the cars are getting ready to go? Definitely when it's starting, because then you have... And then you see the thing go to red, and it goes... (laughs) Like sometimes you'll see fire coming out of the engine. (laughs) Are those just bigger explosions? I'm glad you brought up drag racing, because cars that are purpose-built for drag racing are some of the most insane cars in the world. Like a top fuel dragster doesn't even run gasoline and runs nitromethane. That sounds dangerous. It's so dangerous. If you look at a top fuel dragster, there are these giant straps that go around the engine and hold it together because sometimes they do just blow up. Are drag race cars like a monument to our human arrogance? You could say yes, but you could also say they're a monument to our ingenuity. So it's like as far as we can go before we literally explode an engine, we're going to do that with a drag race car. Yeah. Okay, so we have normal cars, we have NASCAR, we have drag race. What other types of cars make interesting sounds? Do you know what a Formula One car sounds like? I know a Formula One car looks like a hammerhead shark at the front. Okay. Uh, I know this is sad, even as a sound designer, that in my mind it sounds like a NASCAR, but I know that that's wrong and you're disapproving right now. So how does it actually sound? Well, (laughs) you're not wrong, I guess. I mean... That was perfect. (laughs) The reason that it sounds different but kind of similar is because it's the same basic principle of explosions happening. But the shape of all of the parts of the engine on the inside will change how the explosion sounds. That's what gives each car its voice, is that they're all made a certain way. And the more you learn about cars, the more you can identify which parts are being used by the sound of the car. In a Formula One or any road race, you're gonna hear the car shifting up through the gears and down through the gears a lot more often. These are different engines inherently, right? Yeah. How does that affect the engine sounds? Formula One now is actually a hybrid. And so they have a combination of electric motors, turbochargers, and a V6 engine. They kind of sound futuristic in a way. I like the sound of them. That might not be a popular opinion. I think a lot of people really prefer the older Formula One engines, which were V12s. So after these cars are done driving, they'll take them back into the shop and hook it up to a computer, and then the computer can kind of drive the engine to do all these diagnostic tests. And also kind of a a party trick that some of the Formula One teams were doing for a while was programming in songs into the engine. So the engine would change RPM and hold it there just like you would do with a musical note. Oh, that's a real engine. Yeah. That's not just the computer simulating it. Correct. 
Wow. Okay. So we're going to veer towards sound design. Obviously, we work together. You're a sound designer. Do you hear cars on television or in films and stuff that are just don't match the proper car? And how does that make you feel? Yes, I definitely hear that. It doesn't make me mad at anybody, but it just makes me feel off balance and takes me out of the moment of whatever I'm watching because there's sounds that are so familiar to you and when you hear it wrong, it, it just really sticks out. There is some leeway there. As a sound designer, I know that sometimes you just want a really exciting car sound and that's more important than absolute realism. And cars change every single year. So it's just an ongoing progression of changing sounds and better manufacturing techniques. Things are going to change continuously. So you you kind of need someone who specializes in that because there's just this giant wealth of car sounds that need to be captured. There are people who specialize in recording cars. So like in the movie Baby Driver, they're hopping in and out of all these different kinds of cars and they recorded that real car to do the stunts. So it sounds both authentic and larger than life. Maybe I should talk to the person who recorded that car. That sounds like a great idea. (laughs) Who did that? I could tell you, but it's the perfect time to take a little break. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures. Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20k. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20k for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20k. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's this episode's mystery sound. And again. If you think you know what that sound is, tell us at the web address mystery.20k.org. If you get it right, you'll be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. 
Head to netsuite.com slash 20k now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com slash 20k. netsuite.com slash 20k. So to break it down, the sound of a car is basically made by a ton of explosions, albeit small, controlled, and safe explosions. For myself and other sound designers here at DeFacto Sound, it's critical to understand how car sounds work and how they're recorded. So with that in mind, I reached out to one of the world's best automotive recording engineers. My name is Watson Wu. I'm a sound effects producer and sound effects recording artist. Watson is something of an audio stuntman. When you hear an amazing car in a movie, you might think that's how it sounded on the set. But a movie set is a busy place. It's almost impossible to get a good audio recording of anything. So the cars especially have to be added later. People come to me for the extreme sounds. Things that are loud, too hard to manage, such as weapon fire, loud cars. So it is a very small, small niche. Only a very few of us can control those sounds and record it in a pleasant way. You could hear them rather than just loud distortions. I had to go through a lot of recording equipment, a lot of different microphones to really define what works and what doesn't work, just to manage all those really loud, harsh sounds. Watson travels around the world recording sports cars, weapons, roller coasters, and tons of other unique things. What I do, it's not glamorous as you think. It's a lot of sweating, it's a lack of sleep. (laughs) It's a lot of hurry up and wait a lot of flying with heavy gear, but I just love to capture the great sounds. But Watson didn't originally set out to make sound effects. Early on, I was involved in music and got good enough that I was offered a scholarship to continue my practice. I found out that writing music was my strong point. So I started writing more music and then a client asked me, can you also do sound effects? So I already own gear and I've always loved recording. So I designed the sounds, I recorded them, edited them, and got me thinking, I like this. So I just kept going job after job, leading up to working on triple A titles, games, working on movies like Baby Driver. Baby Driver was nominated for an Oscar in both sound categories. The main character is always listening to music as he drives, so the director wanted the music and sound effects to be perfectly synchronized together. It's an awesome movie, and I recommend you check it out, especially if you're into sound. Watson was hired to record all of the vehicles in the movie, so the sound editing teams would have the best material to work with. A ton of planning goes into a car recording session. It's important to record the cars performing exactly the same moves that are happening on screen. A lot of times I'm given a shot list of what to record. And depending on it's a movie or a game. So a movie I do according to what you see. It's linear. So I might have to do the same shot again and again. And in the game, I have to do basically everything possible. That includes the usual forwards and backwards, but also particular gears and specific RPMs. Game developers also need some special sounds to program a virtual car that you can drive. What they call a ramp, put the car in gear and drive it smoothly up to the red line. And then smoothly break down to a complete stop 
Those are the most important moments in a car recording session. In a normal car, Watson sits in the passenger seat with all of his recording gear. But many race cars only have one seat. And that presents some interesting challenges for recording. For NASCAR, we had to record in an actual race car. And that is a very loud beast. So I put some of my best microphones on and inside the vehicles while the vehicle is going 9,000 RPM, 190 miles per hour on the track. So every time the car would come back, I would have to hit stop, swap memory cards, and copy the sound files to my laptop. And during the review, I could then walk over, adjust the levels of my recorder inside the car, hit record, and let the car go again. And we did that all day long until I was satisfied with what I've captured. Selecting the right microphone is essential, but choosing where to place them makes an even bigger difference. Cars are so large that they sound different depending on where you're listening from. The onboard sounds is what the driver and passenger hears. What we hear in front of us, typically it's the engine, and then behind us is the exhaust sounds. So I would put microphones in those areas and right above the driver so that at all times I could dial in and listen to each of those areas. The engine also has many different areas that contribute to the sound. I use the firewall area to get close as possible to the engine block. And then sometimes I put the mic into the air intake box so you get those sucking sounds as you floor the gas pedal. And sometimes I'll put the mic really close to the supercharger if it has one to get that high-pitched belt-driven sound like you hear of a uh, Dodge Hellcat. If you put two of the different brands of microphones for the exhaust, they will sound different from each other. So you could use one or the other or mix up both to enhance the car sound. All these different perspectives really add a lot to the realism of a video game or movie. If you're playing a racing game, you could change the camera angle so that you're looking at a third-person view of the car. Then you're hearing more exhaust sounds from that point of view. And when you go back to the first person as the driver inside a vehicle, you might hear a little more of the engine mixed into it. Certain games, if you win the race, you win fictitious money. And you could take that money and enhance your engine, enhance your exhaust. And when you do, afterwards, you get on the road. Your car then sounds meaner, more like a beast. So that's why we had to use a lot of channels, just in case they do modifications in the game. Tires are the only part of a car to actually touch the road. Sound designers can use tire sounds to let you know that the car is sliding or doing a sweet drift. But to get the sound of high-performance tires without a roaring engine is tough. I hired a guy who has a Tesla electric car. This guy is a very professional driver, so I got him to do all kinds of stunt driving just to get the pure tire sounds without the exhaust sounds of a conventional car, the engine sounds leaking into the recording. We had to get burnouts, skids, drifting, cornering. The driver is the actor. So the driver has to be very patient, very skilled, and willing to do anything to get a great sound. Car recording sessions can actually be dangerous for the sound recordist. Imagine standing close to the side of the road while a sports car drives past you as fast as possible. Dozens of times. Until you get the perfect take. You're placing your own safety in the hands of that driver. 
Or think about a microphone in a hot engine compartment. If you place it wrong, it could literally melt. And there are dozens of other potential hazards. Let's see, how many microphones have I broken? (laughs) Anything water-related has to be last. Because when you're done with water, you are done. All the microphones are wet. The wind jammers to block the wind, they're all soaked. And potentially, microphones will stop working. Instead of waiting for rain for a wet road, I rented a water pump and pumped water onto the street where I could control the situation. So while we're doing the skids, I pumped up some water, but just enough that we could do slight skids. Because if you pump too much water onto the road, when you hit the brakes, what happens? You hydroplane, which is not good. You're out of control. And that's it, the session is over. It's something you learn from past experience and talking to people who do stunts. Control the situation. Watson has recorded literally hundreds of cars all around the world, and he makes safety a priority in every recording session. So these sessions can happen on racetracks and closed roads away from traffic, but he also has a special recording location all to himself. Not far from where I live is what I call my top secret road. I've recorded over 200 cars there, all kinds, motorcycle, muscle cars, Ferraris, Bentley. You have smooth asphalt, not so great roads, Roads with reflectors to go over, grass, dirt, a little bit of gravel. It's in the middle of nowhere. The longest stretch of road, it's like two miles long. And I liked how wide it is so that you could see if anything's coming towards you or not. So it's very safe. Still, sometimes audio recording does draw some extra attention. I'm probably going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) I imagine met a few very kind law enforcement officers. And while we were recording, we were just doing simple stuff, maybe driving 20 miles per hour. (laughs) And they asked, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing a recording session of this car. And I show them my equipment and they say, very good, carry on. And so I just keep going. I was recording ambient sounds in Sarasota some years ago. Apparently somebody called on me and said there was a suspicious looking guy with equipment. I knew the look when they were walking towards me. And I said, well, hello, officer. I'm recording sounds of this place. He says, what? What are you doing? I said, I'm recording sounds. Recording sounds of the ambience, what it sounds like in this downtown area. So I showed him my equipment and we had a nice chat. And he said, yeah, somebody call and we had to check it out. I said, good. If I saw me, I would check me out too. The sound of an internal combustion engine has defined a century of automotive history. But race cars retire, new cars come out, and old technologies go away. How we define the sound of a car now will eventually change, probably sooner than we think. This is a reminder that sound comes and goes without us thinking about it. And zooming out beyond cars, it's important for us to capture the sound of everything. Sound is incredibly temporary. It's created and then it's gone. But with a recording, we can hold on to that history forever. I wish I had a recording of my mother when she was alive a long time ago. I remember what she said, but I can't recall how she sounded like. What if you had a recording of your grandmother or your grandfather or their parents? If you had something, not just video, but if you have video with sound, it becomes very personal. I think sound is documenting 
what has happened in the past. It's almost like being a historian. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Check out some of our car sound design at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Nick Spradlin and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed, edited, and mixed by Nick Spradlin. An enormous thanks to Watson Wu. Be sure to check out his website, watsonwu.com. Also, a huge thanks to our own Nick Spradlin for writing, producing, editing, sound designing, and mixing this episode. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Check them out at musicbed.com. Special thanks to Carrie Webb from Facebook and Matt Gore from Twitter for helping to name this episode. If you'd like to help name episodes and keep in touch with me between shows, go follow our Facebook and Twitter pages. You can find those at facebook.com slash 20korg and twitter.com slash 20korg. And you can always write us by email at hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. 